You are listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bonace, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, for service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bonace. excited to be here and share God's word uh, with you this morning. So if you like titles, the title this morning is uh, Measured But Multiplied. Measured But Multiplied. And I'll be reading from uh, the First Testament, from the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 47, verses 1 through 6. Um, So, and he, that's the hand of the Lord Yahweh, returned me to the entrance of the temple And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards east, for the temple faced east. And the water was uh, coming out from underneath the south side of the temple, south of the altar. And then he brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And uh, see, or behold, I like behold, behold, water was gurgling from the right side. And the man went eastwards with their measuring line in hand, and he measured off a thousand cubits. It's about 460 meters. And he led me through uh, the water that was ankle deep. And then, uh, ankle deep. And then he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. And then he measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. He then measured off another thousand, but by now the river was so vast I could not cross because the water had risen and it was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. And then he asked me, Son of man, son of Adam, human one, do you see this? And then he led me back to the river bank. Amen, amen. So, it's uh, <laughs> such a weight bringing God's word, but I just pray that uh, what I bring this morning is, 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 is God's word to you this morning. Um, we managed to get a holiday uh, this year during the summer holidays, and we, we went out. And uh, one of the holidays we went, we went on this car journey down south, but on the way, uh, we're, we're driving over this, uh, on the motorway, driving over this uh, small, small bridge, and underneath the bridge I saw this, this trickle, trickle of a, of a wee stream, and I saw the sign on it, and the sign said, the River Clyde. <laughs> and I said to the kids, I said, kids, it's my Ruben and Arwen, my, my children, I said, guys, I said, see that, see that wee stream there? Yeah, I see that, Dad. I said, that's, that's the same river that we jump on the ferry and travel over to see family, because for a large part of my childhood I grew up in Dunoon, um, which we'll talk about later as well. But, uh, but yes, it's the same one, we get the ferries. But Dad, you can't get a ferry in that, you could jump over it. Yeah, up here, you could jump over it. But further downstream, as it grows, you need a ferry to cross. For small streams become mighty torrents. Small acorns become mighty oaks, and faith is small as a mustard seed can move mountains, measured but multiplied. I have a wee bit of extra time today, uh, so I thought it would be useful to put uh, Ezekiel in a wee bit of context, seeing as this is just a one-off on Ezekiel here. So Ezekiel is a a prophecy from exile between 593 and 571 BC, and uh, and Ezekiel was one of the younger men taken to Babylon, and the book opens with the account of his, uh, you know, the vision that summoned Ezekiel to his prophetic calling, a calling to faithfully share the word that God had put on his heart to his people. And, you know, and Ezekiel not only had many visions from the Lord, but he also performed various symbolic acts. He uh, 
you know, he drew in a tile, he lay on his side, he uh, cut his hair, he rationed his food, he even took all the, the furniture at his house, uh, all to, to demonstrate the, uh, the, the disaster that would soon overtake the city of Jerusalem. And, and the book itself is split into three main sections. Section one, which is chapters one to 24, which concern the fall of Jerusalem because of their unfaithfulness, uh, their idolatry. Um, from, and they were, they were exiled from the land in Hebrew. They were vomited out uh, because of their unfaithfulness in the Hebrew there. But in, in the second section is chapters 25 to 39, and that contains a series of oracles against the, the foreign nations, the other nations, uh, culminating with a section of contrasting um, God's people, Israel, with the foreign nations. And the third section, chapters 40 to 48, which is where we find ourselves this morning, presents a plan of rebuilding of the temple, reorganizing the restored state of Israel. God is their God. They are his people. Judgment, however bleak, is turned to restoration. You see, God will rebuild his temple. He'll rebuild his relationship with them. And if you know and love the Lord Jesus this morning, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit himself. And you may think that you know the measure of your potential this morning, but that says nothing compared to the multiplication of what the Spirit can do in and through you today. So the hand of the Lord, this man takes Ezekiel on this tour of the temple, which is where we pick up our passage this morning. And I've got four things, I'm going to be ambitious this morning, I've got four things I'd like to talk about this morning in the context of measured but multiplied. The first is, seek the shepherd. The second is, to start to scale up. The third is, step into the supernatural and finally, number four, see the spirit, not the storm. So my first point, which we see in verse one and two, is, is that Ezekiel was led by this man. He, you know, he returned me to the entrance of the temple. He brought me out and he led me round the outside. He was led like a shepherd would lead his sheep. And it reminds me, earlier on in the year, um, a number of the men uh, went on a, on a wild camping uh, expedition. Um, and. Uh, it was, it was an amazing time. We're, we're foraging, you know, foraging for, for food and uh, wild camping and, and all these sorts of things. It was, it was brilliant. And the plan was to climb uh, a Monroe one day. Uh, well, actually, one person had a plan to climb two Monroes in one day. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't my plan. I'm not saying who it was, but that, that wasn't my plan. But anyway, uh, it, was, it was great. We had, we had, uh, we had uh, uh, you know, uh, Simon and, 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 and you know, leading the way, and I was pretty much taking up the, the rear guard. I'm not quite as fit as the, as the other guys. Um, but, you know, it, it was amazing. But at one bit, and I know some of the guys were here, and they'll know what I'm talking about. At one bit, we're coming along, and, and there was this river. It was a fast-flowing river. And I'm sitting thinking, oh, this does not look good. I don't see any way to cross this. And we're looking at each other thinking, what are we going to do here? And uh, Simon, he manages to go from stone to stone, get about three quarters of the way there, and then does this massive leap and gets across. And we're like, yay, you did it. And then the realization dawned. We've got to do it. I was like, oh man, this is crazy. And, uh, but the thing was, is, is, is what we did is, is each of us one by one, I do, I do have photographs, but I'm not gonna share them, mostly because of my embarrassment. But anyway, so, so we went from stone to stone and we used our walking poles as, as leverage. And Simon was there to, to grab us by the hand so we didn't fall in and get swept in the river and pull us over. And we all managed to get across without being soaked through and, and, and getting floating down the stream. And, 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 that, and that highlights an important point, you know, not only does the person leading you need to know the way, but you also have to have trust in them that to grab your hand and hold you up when you need it. 
And so the, the Lord here knows the way, and Ezekiel was happy to trust him and be led by him. And my question this morning is this, who's leading you this morning? Who's leading you? If you wish to go the right direction and be supported each step of the way, seek the shepherd, seek the shepherd. See, the Lord leads Ezekiel through this river, paddling at first up to his knees and up to his waist to the point it's impossible to pass over. And this is interesting because the river begins from the temple and it's a small trickle, but then becomes a mighty river. It's multiplied, measured, but multiplied. And the Lord Jesus, um, you know, the good shepherd longs to lead you this morning. Will you, will you seek him? He's just a prayer away. And he calls you to come as you are. Come as you are. You don't need fancy words or dress a particular way or, or, you know, or, or, or behave a particular way before you come to him. He just wants, to, he wants you to come as you are and he meets you where you're at so that you can be blessed and, 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 and see him. And, and in Jeremiah 29, 13, we read, you know, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek with me with all your heart. And that's what God is looking from us from this morning, is, is, is a wholehearted seeking of him. And just like the man leading Ezekiel through the waters, the Lord Jesus longs to lead us through waters. Uh, through the waters of baptism. We see that throughout the New Testament. In Matthew 28. Have you been baptized? That's a question. Have you been baptized? Not that long ago in the, in the Connect group, which is like a WhatsApp group we've got for the church, uh, people were sharing their testimonies of of, of how they got baptised and, and how that was for them. And, uh, and it got me thinking, man, over the years I've seen some amazing baptisms, you know, in rivers, in streams, in the swimming pool, uh, in a hot tub. Um, <laughs> uh, and more recently, you know, I was, I was on a mission trip a few, a few years back in, in Denmark, and uh, all we had to hand was a wheelie bin, so we were baptising people in a wheelie bin. Don't worry, it was clean. It, it was clean. I've got, a great, I've got a great video of it. Um, but it was clean. But, but the thing is, is you, you use what you can, because it's that declaration. I am a Christian, and I have given my life to Jesus. He longs to take us through the waters of the storm. If you're going through a storm this morning, the Lord is with you. He longs to take us through the waters of evangelism. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we read about, you know, people sharing their faith, it's like planting a seed. And then somebody else comes along and shares their faith with that same person, and it's like watering that. But the Lord Jesus, he, you know, by his spirit, makes that grow. You know, you're doing life with people, people that in your community, in your street, in your school, in your work, you know, share, share what you are, you know, what God's saying to you with, with these people. You know, are you seeking the shepherd? How far will you go this morning? Will you go in obedience and go deeper? Are you available and listening to his voice? And Ezekiel is a physical river, as a, as a representation of the Spirit of God. But the Lord Jesus spoke to us of a spiritual river when we believe in him that, you know, those who drink the water I give, we read in John chapter 4, uh, verse 14, you'll never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling up spring, welling up to eternal life. And you see, as we seek the shepherd, we are filled with the Spirit of God. And it's not a one-off act, although, you know, getting saved and being declared in the right relationship with God is called justification. That's a one-off, and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But we're called to, to keep on being filled. In the New Testament, the words, this carries a sense of a continual filling. Be filled and continue to be filled. But it also carries this sense of to be full and overflowing, but also to fulfill. So if you're thinking this morning, you know, I want to be filled. I want to, I want to fulfill the purpose that I have on this, on this earth. Then come to the Lord Jesus. 
because you've got a purpose here and an amazing purpose that God wants to see you fulfill. So the river of the Spirit flowing and outflowing from us, bringing life, truth, and blessing from God to others, not just for ourselves, but to flow out to others. A sense of measured but multiplied, which takes me to my second point this morning, which is start to scale up. There's a fascinating thing about this passage, which we see in verses 3, 4, and 5. 3, 4, and 5. What do they have in common? Any takers? What does 3, 4, and 5 have in common? There's water, yes. Well, the man has got a wee illustration. I like my illustrations. One of these. A measuring rod. A measuring rod. Now, if you're wondering, I didn't bring this specifically for this. I better watch what I do here. Not knock anybody's eyes out. This is what the people who are on setup team do to make sure the chairs are the correct distance apart. If you thought, wow, they're just so good at doing it, they are, but they use, they use a measuring, a measuring stick for it. So that you know, health and safety, fire regulations are all met and all the chairs are equal distance apart. It's measured. And you know, just like the man in the passage we read in Ezekiel, measuring out the distance for Ezekiel, Jesus is saying this morning that he longs to guide you and to lead you in freedom, but freedom with constraints. The way of blessing, choice, multiplication, yes, but it's measured. It has constraints. It's measured, but multiplied. You see, are you listening to what the Spirit's saying this morning on how far you should go? Too short? Do you feel you're going too short? God's saying to you, go further. Have faith. I am with you. Too far? You're stepping out of bounds. If you feel convicted, come in repentance. Just confess that to God and and, and see the forgiveness of the Lord be provided to you. Stepping out of the, the river into a different stream. The interesting thing is that the, uh, the type of water in an area reflects the productivity of that area. So I'll say that again. The, t- the type of water in an area reflects the productivity uh, of, the, of that area. And so last week, Tom, in one of his illustrations, was talking about, um, uh, if you haven't caught up, you can catch up on the, the podcast, but uh, he was talking about a, a farmer dumping toxic chemicals in a stream, and it killed all the fish. Nothing will grow there but the toxic chemicals. You need to be in a place where it's fresh flowing from the Lord. What's interesting is that uh, I, heard on the, I heard on the radio and, uh, about the, uh, an announcement from the, um, from the new Chancellor of the Exchequer. Now, don't worry, uh, I'm not going to talk about my personal opinions on fiscal policy of the government. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. But what I thought was, was interesting is he, had a, he, he came up with this, this, this quote that quite honestly, I think a, a, a writer wrote it for him, or maybe he's that good. But what's interesting is it sounded like a sermon quote. And isn't it interesting that the most powerful messages from politicians seem to be very similar to sermon quotes? I don't know, maybe that's just me. But anyway, so what he said was this. This is why I'm using it this morning. This mini budget, opinions aside, this mini, this is what he said, that this mini budget is going to t- turn a series of stagnation into a virtuous cycle of growth. That's what he said. And it got me thinking, well, from a spiritual point of view, and this is what I'm going to say this morning, from a spiritual point of view, mini budgets don't cancel a series of stagnation. Stagnation happens because there's no fresh inflow of water and there's no outflow because the water's settled. It becomes stagnant. 
If you want to get out of stagnation this morning, come to the source, which Tom was talking about last week, and, and, and come to that fresh flowing river from the Spirit of God, from God himself, and see that fill up your heart, fill up your life, fill up your spirit, and overflow to others. That's how you move from stagnation to a virtuous cycle of growth. The other thing about measurement is quite often we think about measurement in an unhealthy or unhelpful way. We think about measurement in terms of distance travelled or how many do we have. And the problem with thinking about distance travelled and how many we have, which don't get me wrong, is helpful in a work environment when you get asked for key performance indicators and statistics and we've got to report to the Scottish Government and you know, all this kind of exciting stuff. You need these sorts of things. But from a personal point of view, the issue with that is, is it quite often leads to comparison. It takes our eyes off Jesus and looks at everybody else and, oh, what about, what about that, what about... Actually, it's not about comparison because that then leads to envy and all these other things and these sins. Rather, Jesus says, look to me and it's time to move the measure this morning like this and see it as a measurement of depth. How deep are you willing to go into the river of God, what he has for you? How deep are you willing to go into the things of the Spirit? How deeper are you willing to go into the relationship with Jesus? It's a qualitative perspective. As you start to scale up, you can move the measure, you can jump in. You know, if, you're at the sh- if you feel you're at the shore this morning, God, Jesus wants to meet you there and move you so that you're ankle deep. Yeah. If you're ankle deep this morning, he wants to move you to your knee deep. Yeah. And likewise, up to the waist or all in, all in. He wants to meet you where you are. It's like the parable of the talents. Use whatever God's given you and more will be given. It's that scaling up. It's that multiplying effect. Measured, but multiplied. I'll pop this back. Which leads me to my third point this morning. Uh, stepping into the supernatural. I've got a friend. I've actually got more than one friend, but I've got a friend. And, uh, and uh, Charlene, her name is. And uh, she was sharing some amazing things about a trip that she did recently with her husband and her family to Canada. And uh, there's a whole, so many amazing things that she, she told us, but I'm just going to share one particular point of it because it fits in with what I'm going to say this morning. And so she was out at this, uh, this kind of play park type thing. It was really busy. And, uh, you know, the Lord said to her, I'd like you to go over and speak to that woman over there. I want you to pray for her and prophesy over her life. And Charlene being Charlotte, she's like, yes, Lord, okay, I'll do that. So she walks up like a kind of Scottish upstart. Hey, how are you doing? I want to pray for you. Can I do that? And the woman's like, okay. So she starts praying for this, for this lady, you know, praying that, you know, uh, and, and prophesying over her life, saying that, you know, the Lord has given you, a, a, you know, a platform. The Lord has given you a reach. He's given you influence and he's going to multiply that. And it's going to be a, you know, a blessing to others. And she said other things in, in, in the prophetic word to this woman. And at the end of it, the woman, quite emotional, teared up, said, you're from Scotland? She said, yeah. You don't know who I am? No, no idea, she says. I'm the leader of one of the largest churches in Canada, and I've never had anyone come up to me and speak a word of prophecy like that in my life. I'm going to share that on Sunday with, with my congregation. And I'm going to share that on my social media with all the thousand followers, encouraging people to do what you've done. Do what Jesus did. Go out and speak words of truth, encouragement, blessing to others. Stepping into the supernatural. And you see, that's the multiplication effect. Charlene spoke to one person and that resonated to thousands. It's 
It's about that obedience and stepping in to the supernatural. It's the, it's the economy of the kingdom. And so we see in Ezekiel, Ezekiel passed through this river, paddling at first and up to his knees and then his waist, you know, a small trickle, but then it became a mighty river. But the interesting thing there is, do we read about the rain coming down? No. Do we read about other tributaries or streams flowing into it to make it grow? No. It multiplies supernaturally. The river is a supernatural multiplication. It's a miracle. Ezekiel was stepping into the supernatural. And that's, that's my third point, is, is, is that as the river flows, you know, you're swimming. And sometimes you might think, oh, I'm out of my depth here. I am out of my depth. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I'm out of my depth. But you know what? If you're out of your depth in the river of God, you're out of your depth in God's love. You're out of your depth in his spirit and God's presence. And that is where God moves in miraculous ways. Relying on him, not yourself. It's so easy to do things on our own strength, but actually the power comes when we say, I can't do this. The apostle Paul said, you know, <laughs> when I am weak, that is when I am strong. In Exodus, uh, in Exodus chapter 7, we read about um, the Lord uh, hardening Pharaoh's heart and, so that he may multiply his signs and wonders amongst them so that the Israelites could be set free. The Apostle Paul talks about not coming with wise words and persuasive speech, but with a power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. It's about him this morning. He can do it beyond what we ask or imagine. He can do it. And this is the thing, you know, in Matthew we read about, you know, Jesus feeding the thousands, you know, and multiplying the loaves and the fishes. You can multiply whatever you've got this morning. You might think, I don't have much to give. But you do, because the Lord can multiply it. You might think, I, I, I'm not sure about any of this. Where can I go? The Lord can multiply what you've got. All, all you need is a willing heart that's, you know, and, and, and an openness to him. You know, even if it's a kid's pack lunch, you can multiply the kid's pack lunch. You know, and so if you do feel that way, and you want something more, come forward for prayer. Let us pray with you and step into the supernatural. We'd love to pray for you and see God move in your life. See, the Apostle Paul and the other disciples in the early church started with only a handful of believers, just a handful. But they, from their obedience and faithfulness, became a population explosion and multiplication. And that multiplication of dedicated Christians literally turned the world upside down, changing lives, changing communities, changing situations, changing situ you know, nations, and changing history as we know it. Measured, but multiplied. That takes me to the final point this morning, which is, see the spirit, not the storm. See the spirit, not the storm. So, I thought, I thought a wee bit about this, and uh, I, was, I was thinking, it's a bit of a theme here with, uh, with my illustrations, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I remember one time I was coming back, I can't remember what it was, it was probably some, some event in Glasgow, because I was studying in Glasgow, and as I mentioned before, a large part of my childhood was uh, growing up in Dunoon. And if you know Dunoon, it's on a peninsula, so you've got all, you, know, you can go all the way from Glasgow up the Loch Lomond side, over the rest and be thankful, down, take a left at Inverary, down by the Loch side and you can get to Dunoon. Or you can take the M8, super quick, the M8, you know, Greenock, uh, Port Glasgow, Greenock, Gourock, and get the ferry across super quick. That's the, that's the way to do it. We tip, if you're ever going to Dunoon, after you leave Greenock and you're coming into Gourock, on the left-hand side, there's a, there's, there's a co-op, it used to be a garage, you can go in there, get your ferry tickets half price. 
bonus, half price ferry tickets. And if you miss that one and you forget, if you get into Gurik itself just before the train station, there's a wee news agent on the left hand side, you can pop in there, get your tickets half price. So there you go, half price tickets if you ever go to Dunoon. Um, but, but anyway, so, so, so one night I was coming back, it was really late, the weather was coming in, closing in, it was getting, oh, it was, it was you know, the, the, the wind was blowing around. I was thinking, I, 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 I really want to get this last ferry home. So getting close to midnight, I'm going to get this last ferry home so I can get to my bed, absolutely shattered. So yeah, the weather's coming in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to the ferry. So I got to the ferry, uh, you know, had the car queued up, and the, the, the ferry was coming in, the, 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 the waves were rolling and raging. And, and the ferry's trying to berth, but the ferry couldn't berth. And I'm thinking, oh, this, isn't, this isn't looking good. This isn't looking good. And, and then I get a knock on the window. Uh, All right, mate. I said, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't berth the ferry. You're going to have to make other arrangements. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest, it's like what Tom was talking about last week. I was raging. I was looking at these rivers, look at this river. And I'm like, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to miss my ferry. I can't get home. It's going to take me hours to, you know, to go all the way back, round, round the long way. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just not good. This, 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 this river is just, you know, getting me raging inside. But the thing is, is if we take our focus off the storm and look at the spirit, things can change. The Lord can reverse the rage. I really needed that the other night. Um, but you reverse the rage if we let him. And taking our eyes off the storm, we can see that in the spirit, there's something else at work. There was a foot passenger uh, sitting. They used to have a wee, like, a tiny wee bus shelter. They've actually got a proper thing now for passengers. But at that stage, it was a wee bus, bus shelter. And the person was like shaking their head and getting, oh. So I thought, you know what? I'll give them a lift. So I drove up and I said, look, I'm going to drive all the way back around. Would you like a lift? And the person was, oh, absolutely. So I got them in and, uh, and I was able to, to share why I was offering them a lift, share what God was doing um, and you know, my testimony with them on the way back. All because I you know, came to the Lord and said, look, I don't want to feel like this. And come in, you know, in, 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 in that heart of openness to see what God's saying. And sometimes we just need to take our eyes off the storm and look at the Spirit. You see, we're called to walk by faith. I know the scripture says not by sight, but as part of that, theologically, I think I'm safe in saying this, we're called to walk by faith and not by feelings. Yeah. How often do we, do we walk by feelings? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, so caught up with this. Or, you know, Rather than saying, hold on a minute, what, what truth, what's the truth that the Lord has said to me? And I'll stand on that truth, whether or not I feel it or not. You might be thinking to yourself this morning, I don't feel the Lord's love right now. I feel pretty, pretty away, pretty des- you know, desperate or, or, or you know, far from him. The truth is, is the Lord is near. He's just a prayer away. He wants to come and transform your life this morning. The truth is that he's here. Whether or not we feel it, that is eternal truth. I was, I, was, I was on a thing the other day and you know, somebody said to me, oh, I was doing this course, this is somebody that I know, and, and they said, what is truth? There is no truth. And I was like, oh, 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 you know, let me tell you, there is truth. Uh, and I'll introduce you to him, the Lord Jesus. But, but, but anyway, so verse six, verse six in this passage, it, the man says, son of man, human one, do you see this? See, the, you know, did, did, did Ezekiel comprehend and, and understand everything that the Lord has shown him, this, this miraculous thing at work? Maybe he did. But in the, you know, the words of Jesus in Matthew 13, we read, you know, blessed 
are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. You see, do you see what God's doing this morning? What's he saying to you? Where's he leading you? What's the purpose for it? You know, you even being here this morning isn't fate or random chance. You're here because it's part of God's plan to be here. Do you see what God's doing in the life of the church and the community here in Bowness? Even where you're working, where he's placed you, the people around you, you are there because it's divine guidance, it's, it's divine provenance. The Lord has directed your path to be there. Not long ago, I took, um, I took a part-time job so I could have some regular money coming in. Um, and uh, it was, it's okay, it's, uh, you know, I'm doing it and so on and so forth and I try to make the most of it. And it's somewhat different from what I was doing before, but it's, it's all good. And, uh, but I kind of felt it was the right thing to do so I have some, some regular money coming in. And anyway, so, uh, on, you know, not long after I started, one of the members of the team, uh, this lady, um, and, and she's like, you know, I don't have a car at the moment, so whenever we need to go into the office, would you mind swinging by, picking me up, and taking me to the office? And me being me, as you know, I'll, I'll stop for anybody. A wee bit harder now that I've got kids in the car most of the time, but I was like, ah, no bother, I'll give, I'll give you a lift. I'll give you a lift. So, so I popped in, and I said to her, are you ready? She's like, oh, I just need to get a few things. So I'll pop into the, into the study. I'll pop into the study and uh, get my computer. So I was like, oh, study. <laughs> if you know me, you know I like studies. So went into, went into our study, and I'm sitting looking at our bookcase, and if you know me well, that's not a surprise, he looks like reading, uh, looking at our bookcase, and I'm like, oh, I've got some of those books. She's like, oh, really? What, the music book down there? I said, well, I do have that music book, but actually I was referring to that commentary, uh, that book there on evangelism, <laughs> and that one there on discipleship. And she stopped, and she turned and looked at me, and she said, are you a Christian? <laughs> and of course, I was like, indeed I am, indeed I am. And she's like, oh, I've been struggling so much with work for the past while, and I've been praying on my knees for God to do something miraculous in, in the workplace. And she says, you being here, you are here for me because you've answered my prayer. And I'm like, well, I, just, I, I just applied for a job. I just applied for a job. And that applying for the job and being there was an answer to a prayer for somebody I hadn't even met yet. That is seeing the Spirit in the midst of where we're at. Do you see this? That's what the man asked Ezekiel. Do you see this? And that is the call this morning. You know, if God leads the way, just like Ezekiel, we can, we can see the miraculous. We can be led by faith and not by sight. And the fact that we can't see it means that we're trusting in him. You know, I, I quite like, you know, it'd be, it, sometimes I think to myself, it'd be great if I had a blueprint, you know, all the minutia, this is exactly how your life's going to pan out. But it doesn't work that way. The Lord says, you know, trust me, have faith. You don't need to see everything, every single minutia. I just need you to, to be obedient. Obedient at the next step. Obedient for the next step. Because, the, you know, it, it, we read that the... The word of God is a, is a light into our path and a, and a lamp into our feet. You see, it's our feet, not a blueprint for the whole future. And so we've got to trust him for each step. As we go, I mean, the Lord meets us where we're at, and we go ankle deep, we go knee deep. We're taking it bit by bit. 
And no matter where you're at, the Lord wants to move you on to the next step in the journey. So this is, this, this, this is the thing. He says, do you see this? So if we're focused on the storm, we take our eyes off Jesus and we miss what he's saying. And to be honest, I've lost count the number of times where I've missed opportunities because I've been focusing on the storm. I really have. I've missed so many opportunities. And quite often the enemy will come in and say, oh, John, you missed that. You missed this. You know, you're a failure. You know, you're, you know, you've lost out. You're not good enough. You'll be consumed by the storm and can't stand. But once we take our eyes off of that and the attacks of the enemy and look to Jesus, that's when we can see the spirit of the living God move and work in us. In Job 38, we read, the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. It was in the midst of the storm. Out of that storm, he spoke to him. Not at the mountaintops. God does speak at the mountaintops, but he still can speak in the midst of the storm if we trust him, if we trust him. And so, you know, we can stand against the attacks of the enemy. We can stand firm. You know, have the, the connect group we're talking to me about the, the armor of God stuff before. You know, we can stand firm and be, you know, and, and having done everything to stand and see God's multiplication happen. You see, situations might look, you know, irre, you know irreversible from a human standpoint, but with God, He can breathe life and, and turn dry, lifeless bones into a mighty people. He can turn it around. Just, you know, when, when the disciples were, were in dismay because Jesus died. But he rose again in power victorious, overcoming death, providing hope and resurrection power to the disciples. And that hope and resurrection power is the same resurrection power in you today, in me today, in us collectively today. And we can stand in that resurrection power, overcome the attacks of the enemy and see the gospel being reached and pushed out to those who don't know the Lord in this place, in this town, in Bowness, in our workplaces, in the situations we find ourselves where we find ourselves, You know, we were dead in sin, but alive in the spirit. So that we know that all things work for good for those who love the Lord Jesus and are being called according to his purpose. So that's uh, the call this morning, is to see the spirit, not the storm. So I'm just going to bring it in. I'm going to bring it in now, as I, as I pull this together. Measured, but multiplied. You see, Jesus' message this morning is that of acceptance, of love, of restoration and healing. A message of the good news, the gospel, that all are significant, that you are significant. Every single one of you are significant. You've got a purpose. You've got something to give. And the Lord wants to use you to develop, to grow, to be who you were created to be this morning. He has an amazing plan for your life. And if you want to know that power in your own life, you can today. We'd love to pray for you. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus in the way that I'm describing, we would love to introduce you to Jesus. You know, he's alive, he's real, and he is speaking to us today. So we'd love you to introduce you to him. You see, being a disciple, this is, Francis Chan says this, this isn't a quote from me, but Francis Chan says this, being a disciple of Jesus means that we're being transformed into his image. God wants to change us so much that it intrigues others. Why are you different? Why are you why are you willing to go the extra mile? Why are you willing to, to bless others? Why are you willing to, to come alongside those who are broken and hurting? Why are you willing to give sacrificially? Because the Lord has transformed you from the inside out. And it's curious, it's intriguing to others. So, 
What's God saying to you this morning? Are you encouraged to step out in faith, to go deeper, to spend this week seeking the shepherd? You know, even now in prayer, scaling up, willing to step out and scale up in the spirit, willing to step into the supernatural and to trust God that your steps are measured. Each step you take when you're following his guidance is measured. Each step. And the Spirit himself will multiply. Multiply what you do. Multiply your activities in faith and obedience. And seeing the Spirit, not the storm. The Spirit of God in the midst of the storm. So let's, uh, let's just bow our heads in prayer. This is 